Welcome to The Peel, where we break through the surface of sustainability in Florida and get to the juicy stuff at the center of it all. I'm your host, Amber Whittle, Executive Director of South Bay, Sarasota. We're a nonprofit that's increasing the resilience, affordability, and health of Florida's buildings and communities, and we're saving the planet along the way. Check out our programs and events at southface.org, Sarasota. Our guest today is Joe Benasia, the Communications Director for the Florida Right to Clean Water Amendment. Welcome, Joe, and thanks for joining us on The Peel. Thank you, Amber. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So can you explain to us what the Florida Right to Clean Water Amendment is? Sure. Uh, this is a citizen's initiative to amend our state constitution, giving all Floridians a fundamental right to clean and healthy waters. I think um, many people think we already have this right, and we could argue that we have a natural fundamental right, but we do not have a legally recognized fundamental right. And that is what we are pursuing. Um, and the best place to have such a right is at the constitutional level where we have other fundamental rights, like you know, freedom of religion, freedom of speech. And with this right, we can hold our state executive branch accountable when it allows uh, pollution of our waterways, whether through its actions or its, its inactions. So the whole text of this amendment is a little bit more than a page long, but that's the heart of it. Wow, yeah, I mean, I think we would all think that we have that right. When we have red tides, et cetera, we definitely think that that will be taken care of for us or shouldn't be happening, um, et cetera. So this is a really important amendment. Um, how Can you tell us how the amendment process works? Okay, well, there are actually three ways uh, to get an amendment on the ballot in Florida. One is through a constitutional review that happens every 20 years. We don't want to wait that long. Another way is for the state legislature to put a proposed amendment on the ballot for voters to vote on. This is the approach that uh, other states are taking. That's not what we're doing over here. We would love for our legislature to do that. We don't expect something like that to happen anytime soon. The other way is through a citizen's petitionative petition initiative, and that's what we are pursuing. So during this election cycle, we need to collect 900,000 signed and verified petitions, right around, right around 900,000. That number is based on the number of people who voted in the last presidential election in Florida. And a lot of people voted, of course. And so that's where that high uh, $900,000 figure comes from, excuse me, 900,000 signed petitions comes from. Also along the way, the Florida Supreme Court must approve the amendment language. That happens when we get to 25% of the required petitions. So around 223,000, they make sure that there's nothing in the amendment that is unlawful. Uh, the last thing to note, I think, is that you can have volunteers collect petitions or you could have paid collectors. Our campaign is strictly grassroots volunteers. Nobody gets a penny. Were we to go the route of paid collectors, we would then need millions and millions of dollars. We don't have that. Interesting. So what 
Is there sort of a general divide of how many are based on um, the commission, the legislature, or citizen-led? I have heard of more uh, happening at, uh, through a legislative process than through the petition process because it's a lot easier. But uh, frankly, there is a, green, a national green amendment movement going on. There are three that have had green amendments, uh, environmental rights amendments at the state constitutional level. That would be Pennsylvania and Montana and most recently New York. But New Mexico is pursuing a green amendment, as is Maine. And in both of those, they are doing that through the legislative process, I believe. Interesting. And am, am I remembering this correctly, that Orlando has a right to clean water amendment? Is that true? Um, partially. <laughs> it's, a, it's a super point to bring up because that what happened in Orange County has a lot to do with what we're doing now. So uh, one reason that we need this amendment is because our waters are in terrible condition. You know, we've got a thousand springs in Florida, 800 of them are impaired. We've got nearly a million acres of estuaries and 9,000 miles of streams and rivers that are contaminated with fecal bacteria. Everybody knows about our uh, red tides, our massive blue-green algae blooms. Our waters are in bad condition. The state obviously has not been protecting them adequately enough. And so in Orange County back in 2020, those voters tired of their polluted waters, having lost faith in our regulatory system, took matters uh, into their own hands. And there they went through a county charter review commission process. It was introduced to the review commission. They liked it. They worked on the language for uh, 11 weeks or so. And then uh, they approved it to put it on the ballot. Interesting. And, and so does, does it well, still stand? Well, it was approved by 89% of the voters. So everybody there loved it, no matter what their political backgrounds or whatever. But between the time it was put on the ballot and voters got to vote on it, our state legislature stepped in and they preempted the authority of local governments such as Orange County to pass laws giving rights to nature, but also giving rights to any citizens, to any aspect of the natural world. That's... I have heard that a lot on this podcast in in working with local governments. That's probably their biggest frustration is is the home rule, the preemption of allowing local governments to legislate what's best for their citizens. Um, so you guys took that win, but then um, the obstruction of it and have turned this into a statewide uh, process. Right. Well, you mentioned preemptions. This is not the only preemption that our legislature has passed. Uh, folks in Coral Gables wanted to pass a ban on single-use plastic bags. Uh, the legislature did not let that happen. Down in Key West, those folks wanted to pass a ban on certain sunscreen lotions that were harmful to uh, the coral reefs. Legislature preempted that. And so, if we cannot work at the local levels to protect our waters, because the legislature is not going to let us do that, 
then we have to go over their heads. That takes us to the constitutional level. And the way to get uh, an amendment to the Constitution is, uh, is as I described earlier. So if this amendment passes, knowing that the Supreme Court or the legislature might try to overturn it, uh, how will this help protect Florida's waters? What are the mechanisms by which, um, if this passes, we could use this amendment? Okay, I'd like to give you a few concrete examples, but I do want to note that it took a long, long time to write the language of this, uh, of this amendment because we have seen in Florida when citizens initiative did get approved that afterwards uh, the state legislature did its best to compromise the intent of the amendment or even to almost undo it. This amendment is written such a way uh, in, that it is indefeasible. It cannot be compromised or altered or ignored by the state. The moment voters pass it, it's law, it's effective, and um, it becomes super beneficial for everybody. So let me give you a, a few examples over here. Um, I'll start with Piney Point because red tide is a very significant issue in Southwest Florida. And the Piney Point disaster a few years back certainly has contributed to the red tides that have impacted our shores the last couple of years. If we had had a right to clean and healthy waters in our constitution, we could have avoided this disaster. And here is why. Back in 2008, the Army Corps of Engineers published a white paper in which they virtually predicted that this disaster would happen if the Florida DEP, Department of Environmental Protection, went ahead and gave permits for further uses of the Piney Point facility. Other very reputable organizations also urged the DEP not to give those permits. DEP issued the permits and you know, disaster incurred. But we could have taken the scientific evidence from the Army Corps of Engineers and other organizations filed a lawsuit at the moment that the DEP issued the permit, it would have gone to court. What would happen there? The court would look at the scientific information. It could very well, most likely, that issuing the permit is going to pose a grave danger to the community and to the environment. And the court could compel, could order the DEP to rescind the permit. Obviously, it's too late now for Piney Point, but we could use our amendment to avoid or to stop Piney Points, other Piney Points from happening. You know, they discharged something like 212 million gallons of polluted water into Tampa Bay, which, you know, aggravated uh, the red tide and stuff for a good long time. Can I ask a question about right. um, the uh, EPA uh, water quality is a lot of the Clean Water Act, a lot of people um, sue, like Suncoast Waterkeepers sue under under um, Clean Water Act violations. This would go above and beyond that, you're saying? 
Yes, this would. I mean, the Clean Water Act uh, has done tons and tons of good things, great things. But given the state of our waters, obviously, it is not enough. You know, in our Florida Constitution, uh, there is an Environmental Protection Act, and it says that citizens have the right to bring lawsuits when uh, polluters are polluting our waterways. But then it's got an extra clause in that that says, well, you can file a lawsuit unless that polluter has been given a permit to do so by the state. And once it's permitted, then there's very little uh, legal recourse. But that is where our amendment would come in because this is a fundamental right, the right, uh, and there are lots of you know, different levels of rights. There are no rights more important or higher than fundamental rights. And those rights would take precedence over the permitted rights that the state gives to uh, those who would pollute or degrade our uh, waterways and our aquatic ecosystems. Um, also, fundamental right means that the court must exercise what they call strict scrutiny. It must look into uh, a possible violation of the fundamental right as deeply as it can to make sure that the violation does not occur. Well, this does sound like it could be a very powerful tool. So are you a lawyer or how did you get involved um, in this being the communications director? How how did that come to pass? Okay, uh, nope, I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> uh, I am a uh, retired English teacher. Ooh. And I lived up in uh, Long Island. That's where I taught for over 30 years, a long, um, long time passion uh, for the environment. You know, for many years I led environmental clubs. I moved down here in 2016. And that was at the tail end of a blue-green algae boom. I hadn't heard of those before I moved to Florida. And then of course in 2018, 2019, learned a heck of a lot more about red tides and blue-green algae blooms and how everybody down here is fighting for clean water. You know, growing up on Long Island, I spent a lot of time looking at the Atlantic Ocean and the Long Island Sound. Never had I experienced uh, water quality issues like I experienced down here. It was around uh, 2018, 2019, I heard of a workshop about rights of nature. I had never heard of that concept before. It immediately resonated with me. So I went to the workshop. That got me uh, involved with Florida Rights of Nature Network. And uh, I've been there ever since. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now. So final question, if people want to sign your petition, how do they get in touch with you or your, or your group? Okay, so we have a great website. It is floridarighttocleanwater.org. And they can go there, they can um, take a look at our FAQs. We've got great FAQs, lots of information. They can print out, sign, and mail the petition. They can get others to do so. We need others to do so. Um, we still have a long, long way to go before we collect those 900,000 signed petitions. And so we need Floridians to uh, come up to the plate and do what they have to do. And when did you say that you have to have the 900,000 by? By the end of this year. All right. Well, I really appreciate you coming and uh, 
Best of luck. I know you can get there. So thank you to Joe and thanks for listening to The Peel. To get involved with South Face Sarasota, visit southface.org. Until next time, stay sunny.